You won't get everyone to buy in. You can't get everyone to stay either. And you can't get most to buy the biggest prize. I'm going to provide a lower tier offering to see orders, but if you don't have processes in place, you would do more work, make less money, and be angry and be burnt out wondering, how am I going to 10x my business if I'm doing 100x more work? How am I doing all this extra work and I'm still breaking even? Lowering your prices is almost never the answer. Now, if you can create a low-hanging fruit offering for those who may say no to your higher ticketed options or offerings, and it's automatic, it's self-sustaining, and you have to put a lot of effort and work into maintaining it or building it once you've done it once, great. But leaning into the lower tier offering, as I mentioned 25 seconds ago, thinking psychologically, I just need people to buy. No, 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 no. You just don't need anybody to buy. If your rent is 100 bucks and you're trying to sell something at 25 bucks, but you're set up for people paying you $1. Just because I got 50 people to pay me $1, that doesn't equate to the $100 I need to pay for my rent. Now, I'm going to skip ahead here and make something very clear. I said about 10K, right? Many times we think, I want one person to pay me $10,000. doesn't have to be the case. I can have 10 people pay me $1,000. I still get to my goal. You understand where I'm coming from? So in the same way, if I can get 100 people to pay me a dollar, then great. I hit my quota to hit my, to pay for my rent. You have to put things in perspective. Again, that may seem like I just conflicted what I just said, and it's not. It's understanding how do I get to my goal. Yeah, if I can get one person to pay my high ticket offering, woohoo. But chances are that's not going to be the case, at least not right away. So what makes sense between people buying in that I can close quickly or efficiently, that I can forecast over a period of time. Don't lower your price to the lowest possible just to see cha-ching something in your bank account and get the notification someone bought it. I know that dopamine hit is great, but guess what? If it's too low and it doesn't even pay anything, it's a waste. Now you're working 10 times as hard for something that doesn't even afford to pay for what you just paid for into it. That means you're in the negative. That means you're just doing work for free. No, it's not, Troy. I just got paid. Little to nothing that you're going to be doing double, three times, 10 times the work, being angry and sad and disappointed, and maybe not even give the highest quality of work because you're so bitter about the price being so low. But hey, I got someone to pay for this product or this service just because I couldn't face rejection because they didn't want to pay the price that I wanted to offer. We can't have that. We got to think smarter. We got to be better. That's just how it is. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress audio experience with Troy Sandage. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. Again, just lowering your offering just doesn't make sense. Disqualify the notion you have to sell to everyone. Disqualify the notion you need X amount of inquiries, scheduled meetings, and conversations a day. Depending on the class. Creating content for visibility and awareness are good. But if you can't create content to qualify and disqualify, your content is just making really nice noise. Disqualify before they have a conversation with you. Well, how can I do that, Troy? You can do that via a contact form, an application form, a questionnaire. Well, wouldn't that slow them through the process? Guess what? If they don't fill out the questionnaire that you have, they probably don't want it. Now, sure, there are ways to minimize the questionnaire style to get them to fill it out. But look, I'm not in the hoarding business. 
of, hey, here's all the 10,000 people in my email contacts that will never buy a product from me. But good, they gave me their email and they're looking at my emails and they're getting my free content, but they're not buying. That don't help me. That doesn't help me. Unless that's your intent for community building and training and education for free stuff, great. But if you're trying to make money, M-O-N-E-Y, the green, we got to think different. We got to be different. We got to be real. And we got to disqualify those who do not want to buy, who do not want to be a buyer, an advocate, or an elevator. And if they don't want to be an elevator after all that, free value just gave them, well, darn. Okay, let it go and let it be. Let me be real with you. Many people are window shoppers. Don't exert their energy until you can qualify them because so much time, money, and resources will be wasted giving someone your best who didn't want it, who didn't ask for it, and may not even need it. I need to talk to X. Okay, when should I schedule a timeline after you talk with X to decide if you can afford and when? You see that all the time. Again, you pitch, I need to talk to my partner, my significant other, my executive, and you just see the answer I just gave to revert back to that, the question I should say. Okay, when should I schedule a timeline or a time after you talk with your partner, your spouse, your significant other, your business owner, your VP, your president, your manager to decide if you can afford and when? Flipping it back to this court. I'm not letting that go off the hook just quite yet. Uh Uh-uh. If you need to talk to somebody, cool. I understand that. I respect that. It's a high-ticket item. I understand that you have to get approval for this amount of money. But if you see the value, if you trust me, if you understand what I can do through you to make 10 times to 100 times our right back from that investment, from that effort, I believe that you're going to show the conviction that you believe in working with me is going to help you get to where you need to go. And when you have that confidence and you can tell that story and that narrative and you don't let them settle for that line, there's a higher chance you're going to get what you want. Now, I'll be real, though. In most cases, 90 percent of the time, (laughs) they're not going to call back. They're not going to. And you have to be okay with that. Be easy to give value. It's essential. It's imperative. It's important. But also be easier to let them go. Reserve your energy for those who want what you offer in high demand. If you think about this, if a consumer made a benefit spin, they're going to realize that when a person finds a good deal that works and is beneficial and changes their life and solves a problem that they have and makes their life better, this means they will feel easier on spending with you more or again and telling others about you. This leads to the cycle of repeatable buyers. Repeatable buyers equal sustainability. And repeatable buyers can also be accredited to people who bought once who referred you to get another buyer in place. And maybe they didn't buy the biggest offer this time, but they bought a smaller offer because they just want to support you or they trust you or they're trying to divulge and do other things and other offerings and products that you provide. Either way, I'm more focused on those who are willing to buy, who will benefit. It's not just enough for someone to buy what I offer. It's someone who's going to buy who I project based off this conversation, off this moment, that they will benefit from it, that they will also become that advocate, that elevator that can lead to more buyers. Happy buyers lead to more buyers. More buyers consistently over time leads to sustainability. And at scale means growth. We need all that. So I don't have the time and energy to put all my best efforts to those who don't want what I offer. But I don't want you to quit just because they told you no. 
Get the reason why they said no so you can better yourself that when you have conversations and come across this experience again, you may have a higher chance to get them to say yes. It's not about, oh, I got a hundred calls today. I get to have one-on-one conversations, one-on-one opportunities, one-on-one amazing experiences a hundred times. See the difference? Here's the thing, y'all. We only focus on what's in front of us. You want to focus on that sales verdict. And that forces people to make a choice. I don't want them to want to go with me. I want them to need to go with me. They have that. I'm stranded in the middle of a desert, feeling like you are the big glass of water that just waiting to be bought in order to quench that thirst and rejuvenate their mind, their soul, their spirit, their heart, their pocketbooks. You hear that big glass of water in the middle of the Sahara Desert? I gotta buy this water. It's going to sustain me. It's going to keep me going. I need it. I don't want it. I went past one a long time ago. I need it. I can imagine holding that cold glass. I can sense the coolness radiating, hitting my face. I'm going to take that glass and I know it's going to cool my body. I'm going to feel quenched of that thirst. I'm going to feel rejuvenated. I'm going to feel empowered. And I'm going to be complete in this moment. You are offering people a glass of water if they need it. It's on them if they don't want to take it. And that's okay. Because then you'll have another opportunity to offer someone else a glass of water. It's not a matter of if they want it, they're going to disqualify themselves. And in the same way, you need to disqualify them if they're not ready. Now, how silly is it? You're in the middle of the desert. You clearly are dehydrated. You clearly want water. You have water. And this person's like, no, nah, I'm going to wait. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. More time goes by. Still didn't want it. More time's going by. Still didn't want it. Okay. I'm going to disqualify myself from this moment. You don't want it right now. That's fine. Good luck to you. I'm on to the next person who I know is going to want it. And they're going to run at it and grab it. And I want the water. And they're going to get it. So you have to have that same mentality when you're approaching sales. When you're having these conversations. When you think about it this way, it makes it a lot easier to deal with rejection. Sure, there is a percentage of where maybe you didn't give the best message or the best pitch or the best presentation. Maybe you weren't on your best game. But when your product or service is proven, many times, even when you're not at your best, it's still going to be very valuable to get someone to want to buy. And if someone doesn't want to buy it, that big glass of water, it's okay. I know my niche audience. I know what I provide makes a significant difference. And so, there's going to be a lot more people in the Sahara Desert who's going to want this water. No worries. I ain't got no worries. They're going to drink it. I'm going to keep it moving. Again, disqualification. It always amazes to me when I hear about um, people selling things that you really don't think about you need to you need them. You know, one of the things that come to my mind is insurance. If you're selling insurance, typically what you'll find, they'll talk about the benefits and the features and experience the impact of what it will make on your life when these traumatic pain points happen. We hope they never do. But sure enough, I ain't messing around. I'm paying for it because you never know. Study how insurance companies and commercials sell their products. They focus on the emotion, exclusivity, experience, and engagement. Remember those four E's? <laughs> the future of marketing? Yeah. Think about that. And try to align your product in the same way. Surely, 
you know, a lot of people, uh, for them to buy my product, they needed to use it right now. And that may be the case, but either way, you need to be able to sell it in a way that evokes that experience and that emotion, that they can visualize this being a game changer. They're focusing less on the transaction and more on the value that they get after that transaction that transcends the transaction itself and that will be more valuable to them down the road. And the thing about selling insurance is the the right now benefits and long-term benefits. Your product, your service. Sometimes we're so focused on just the right now benefits, but it makes it easier to make the decision to buy when they see the right now benefits and the long-term benefits. Hey, I'm paying for this $10,000 course right now. The benefits are I'm going to understand something I never understood before. I'm going to be more efficient at it so I can so I can scale my business and da 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 da. The long term is that hey, I got it at this price before it went up. I already know I'm going to make, you know, three times, five times, 10 times ROI from it and it's going to be training that I can use for years to come, not just Ooh, it worked this month and that's it. It's a foundation piece. It's a cornerstone that I can build on and keep going my business independently, self-sufficiently. So ask yourself, what is the short-term and long-term benefits to your product or service? The other thing is stagger the results that you get. When you get these reviews, you know, these videos, these case studies, you don't want to just show it all at once. You want to have different time stamps and dates to show, hey, People are getting results from this this month, six months from now. Sometimes I'll deliberately tell some of my clients, hey, hey, keep that same energy six months from now. And you tell me if what I've given you still works. If it does, send me something then. I don't want it now. Because you've got to know, you've got to test, you've got to understand how long, what's the expiration date or what's the shelf life of your product or service benefit to the consumer, to your client, to the customer. You have to understand that. That's just going to make you a better seller. That's going to give you more features and benefits and value to future buyers. Can this product or service be used three years from now in some way? I need to see the longevity of what is possible through what you're selling. And here's the thing. This is the bread and butter of legacy brands. They sell longevity of value for the product or service or the experience that they provide. And they get you locked in this relationship where you feel compelled, emotionally tied, that you must buy this thing from this thing, from this business. You have to. And you feel like awful when you have to buy it from somewhere else. <laughs> I like to call it the barbershop effect. And for those who have gone to, and it might be the same thing for people who get to the salon and get their hair done. However you get your hair done. For me, it's the barbershop effect. When you find that barber that gets your hair just the way you want it, the right experience, the right cut, the right line, when you walk out, you're feeling good, feeling fine. You don't want to betray this barber to go to another barber because you don't know. You don't got that relationship. I, if, that, if that barber told me, hey, my price is going to go up by $10, I'm probably still going to stay with that barber and pay the extra $10. Why? Because I'm invested. I want that experience. I don't want to risk getting less quality of work or less quality experience from anybody else. In the same way, you need to do that with your business. And to do that, you got to let go. You got to disqualify those who aren't your ideal client, customer, buyer. 
Disqualify those who aren't ready to buy. Disqualify those who maybe won't buy again. Disqualify those who are in your funnel who are just sitting there. Disqualify those who say, let me think about it. Disqualify those who said, yes, but not right now. Over time, the not right now would become the never. But you're still thinking it's soon, but it's never. You got to put an end date and let it go. If they come back, they come back. We have to stop hoarding. Disqualify. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah.